Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. All right, well, I'm excited to start the new series called Craving Hope today. So I have to ask the question, what is it for you? Is it the caramel macchiato, the s'mores blizzard? I've had a few of those already this summer. <laughs> Some of the desserts on the table out there? Is it the next episode of Game of Thrones? Is it a few hours, extra hours on Snapchat? Uh, What is it? When we think about life, uh, I believe everybody craves something. I believe that there's an inner desire, you know, uh, that drive that wants us uh, to be satisfied, but a lot of times that that satisfaction is always uh, temporary. Some of these things can be like harmless. They could be fun. You know, you just go out and yeah, have your s'mores uh, blizzard, but like five, six, seven of those in a row, not too fun. But I do believe like all of those cravings in our life, all of those things that, that, um, that we desire to have more of, it does come for that reason of satisfaction. What we realize is we want to satisfy something that oftentimes has a void somewhere else in our life. I believe that we were designed to be fulfilled. I believe God designed us with the soul, the spirit, and the body for the purpose of being fulfilled in life. But when we're not fulfilled, what happens is a counterfeit begins to happen. So we begin to desire things and we begin to create cravings for things that might not be God. And even if they're not harmless to you, they probably aren't from the Lord because they're not what is in his design to actually fulfill you. So what happens is the bigger the void and the further we are from God and the further we are away from the design that God's created us for, the greater our cravings grow. So then we could fulfill those with, you know, uh, looking more and more and more on Pinterest and just trying to fill our time with those things. Or maybe we'll do uh, more TV or more time on social media, whatever it is. And then we find ourselves busying our entire lives with things that actually aren't important. Then we realize, wait a minute, I've been completely distracted from the purposeful, fulfilled life that God actually has for us. I do believe there's one hope, there's one person named Jesus that will absolutely satisfy every single one of our cravings because at the root of our craving is hope. We hope our marriage is gonna get stronger. We hope our relationship with our kids are going to get better. We hope that something's going to happen with a job. We hope that we're gonna find that, that dream house. At the root of that is hope. So we need to find out who is the true source of hope. And once we're fulfilled with that person named Jesus, then all of these other things are things that we can just enjoy in life while staying focused on what the Lord has called us to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at several passages from the book of Isaiah. We're going to see how he prophesied about Jesus' coming, how he predicted that the Savior of the world would come, uh, how he uh, uh, described the nature of God, and then how it actually relates to how Jesus fulfilled that in the New Testament, and how it still has power in our life as well. Even at the end of the message, I believe that the Lord wants to do something today in some of your lives. So we're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity to begin following Jesus for the very first time or to recommit your life to Jesus. We're going to have an opportunity to come down to the altar where people will just pray for you. If there's a point of tension in your life, if there's confusion in your life, if you need direction or counsel in your life, and I believe that we're going to watch the Lord move as we look through this book of Isaiah. 
So you might even ask, why do we look at the Bible? Why do we rely on the Bible? We believe, that's central, the Christianity believes that the Bible is inspired by God, that God spoke to these people, these men of God that would write these things that would be God's interaction with people, God's covenant with people, God's a relationship with people, God's love for people, and ultimately God's plan to allow Jesus to pay for our sins, to set us free from all of the things that the enemy would want to do in our life, and to bring us back to the point before Adam ever sinned, so that we can actually live the life that God designed for us. So that's why we use the Bible. We believe it's God's word of instruction, correction, and ultimately the promise of Jesus and the impact that he should make in our life. So I'm gonna use Isaiah. I'm gonna use six passages from Isaiah over the upcoming six weeks. Isaiah's in the Old Testament. He was a prophet. He was called by God to sound the alarm to the nation of Israel. Now we hear a lot about the nation of Israel, even in today's news. By the time Isaiah comes on the scene, Israel was split into two nations. The northern half kept the name Israel. The southern half was called Judah. They were split because of economic reasons and taxes and a lot of things I'm not gonna get into today. But Judah would be spoken to by the Lord, and then, or I'm sorry, Isaiah, and then Isaiah would give prophecies. He would warn them, and even that first, most of the first half of Isaiah is Isaiah warning them of upcoming uh, judgment because of their rebellion against God. So what you see is you'll see, uh, you'll see Israel going into captivity. You'll see Judah eventually going into captivity later on. But even in the midst of that, the second theme of Isaiah is the promise and the comfort and the prediction of what was yet to come. And that's the hope that we're talking about in Jesus. So even in the midst of the rebellion, even in the midst of upcoming captivity, Isaiah still prophesies, he still predicts, there is one coming that is greater than anyone has ever seen before. And from there, there will be true deliverance from all judgment and all captivity. And we can say amen to that for sure. One of the unique things about Isaiah that I want you to keep in mind over these upcoming weeks is that when he speaks, many times his prophecies, his predictions have a dull meaning or a dull fulfillment. What I mean by that is that he'll say something maybe about victory and freedom. And that will, ha that will happen in that time, like maybe just several years later within the nation. But when you start to look at Jesus' life and how he fulfilled it, you'll say, wait a minute. Yeah, that happened with Israel. Yes, that happened with Judah. But he was actually talking about Jesus coming and giving us victory and freedom also. So it's one of those books that you have to look at with, with two lenses on saying, okay, what happened historically? And we'll share some of those things. But ultimately, what we're looking at is what it was he prophesying about in the coming of Jesus and how does he still have that effect on our lives today. I'm not gonna spend much time talking about uh, the judgment part of rebellion. I don't think it takes that much time to figure out what parts of our life are not right with God right now, what parts of our life are out of place. I believe we need to speak the hope side of things on what Jesus wants to do in your life. And as you receive that hope and you receive that encouragement, all those other things will be exposed. And it'll be so easy to repent of, so easy to say, yes, I choose Jesus over these things. These things seem foolish to me. So what I want you to do, if you have your Bible, uh, there's, there's notepads in the front if you wanna take some notes as well. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter nine. The verses that we're gonna stay on for the majority of the time will be on the screen. In Isaiah chapter nine, or actually in Isaiah chapter eight, you'll see what he's doing is he's warning of, an, of a coming invasion against Israel and he's calling the people to trust God. And then at the beginning of chapter nine, it won't be on the screen. I just wanna share a few verses here. 
He's talking about walking in darkness and seeing a great light. He's talking about living in a land of deep darkness, but they will see a light. He's talking about the people rejoicing at the harvest, that that's what, what their rejoicing will be like, and warriors dividing the plunder. And in verse four, it says that you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. This is a dull fulfilled prophecy. Isaiah's talking about something that's going to happen when Israel eventually gets released from captivity, but he's also talking about the coming of Jesus. Do you see this? We were once in darkness, but we will see a great light, right? We live in the land of, of great darkness, but a light will shine. People will rejoice as if it was harvest time. This is not just Old Testament fulfillment. This is the fulfillment also of our true hope, Jesus Christ. So this, this prophecy continues on in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven. These are the two verses I wanna talk about today. These are verses that you would usually hear like on Christmas Eve, not in the middle of September. For unto us a child is born, right? This is from the New Living Translation. It words it a little bit different. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Can you say that? Wonderful Counselor. Say Mighty God. Mighty God. Everlasting, Father. Everlasting Father. Say Prince of Peace. Yeah, it says his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. It says the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I thought I was gonna go a completely different direction uh, with these verses. And when I was writing this and just praying about these verses, the Lord showed me something here that I want you to see in the fulfillment of all of these cravings that we've ever had in life, the satisfaction for all the things that we yearn from actually came in the form of a baby. He didn't come as an adult and just change everything right there. It says that he grew in favor with man. He grew in favor with God. And as his ministry began, he be, we began to see how he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. He faced all of the temptations that we face. And no, he didn't have internet. No, he didn't have Facebook or anything else, but he still faced temptations that were very similar to us. The opportunity to be greedy, the opportunity to be lustful, the opportunity to be adulterous, all those things were presented to him while he walked the earth, and yet he overcame those things because he was tied in one with the Father. So if you think about this, all of the counsel that you would ever need in life came in the form of a baby. All of the might and the power that you would ever need came in the form of a baby. All of the acceptance that you would desire from your earthly father, and yet he can't give that, so you need to look for a greater father, he actually came in the form of a baby. And all of the peace that you would ever need from any of your struggles came in the form of a baby. You know what I think that means? Is that sometimes we need to allow Jesus enough time to grow on us. Jesus grew on us through a physical sign. I believe the Lord at least wants to tell this congregation today, sometimes you need to give Jesus enough time to grow on you. So you say the prayer, and I believe as soon as you start to pray, he begins to answer. And he usually begins to answer in baby form, in seed form, something small that you could steward something small that you could step into and grow into and then let your faith increase. And then he gives you more and let your faith increase. And then he gives you more until it's in a, that a mature form. 
But I believe oftentimes when we need direction, when we need healing, we need a financial breakthrough, what we want is a, is a microwave God. We want our answers like in 45 seconds or less. Right? Like I prayed for this one time, God, where is it? I just don't believe God's in the frozen food business. I don't believe he warms up somebody else's food and gives it to you. I believe he wants you to have something fresh. I don't cook, Cerise is the cook in the house. That's why she asked you to pray for me. No, Dave, <laughs> her and other lovely ladies in my life have prepared many meals for me over the next 10 days. What I do know is cooking fresh takes more time than popping something in the microwave. So God's not a microwave God. He wants to give you something fresh right from his heart. And sometimes that takes time to grow. Sometimes that comes in seed form. You need to let that thing begin to permeate in your heart until you see him move. My challenge to you today is like, give Jesus a chance. Give him time to be the wonderful counselor. Spend enough time with him until you have that peace. And then you go within your day. So what does that mean? I mean, you're looking for a job. You're looking for your right spouse. You're looking for help within your marriage. You're looking for how to get out of debt. All of those things. I don't want you just to throw up a one-time prayer and say, oh, I didn't see it, so this must not have worked. He works. Jesus works. It was prophesied, everlasting Father, mighty God. He works. We need to keep pressing in. We need to keep trusting. We need to actually believe what those words say and to know he will prove himself. If we believe, the moment that you start to pray, he starts chopping those vegetables, he gets out the cheese grater and starts preparing the meal. If we actually have faith that the moment we pray to him, he begins to answer, then we'll have that endurance until we see these scriptures come to life in our lives. That's what, that's what we have to grapple with that. Do I believe God's word to be true? Do I actually believe that the Bible was authored by God through man? If I do, and there's a point in my life that I'm not at peace, then I haven't experienced that prophecy yet. Because if he's the prince of peace, there's only one level higher, and his name's God the Father. And he pretty much has all the peace you need too. If you're confused, lost, you're waiting for that next job, you're waiting for that next, uh, that next person to come along to try to fulfill you, stop. Look for the wonderful counselor to give you counsel. Believe that his word is actually gonna be fulfilled in your life. This is where hope is going to thrive. You know that? This is where joy is going to thrive, where you don't have to have everything figured out in life and maybe things aren't even going right. Like Sharice even said, she's sick leading up to this entire week. Does that mean God forgot her? Absolutely not. You just keep pressing in, you keep pressing in until you get the counsel, the next step, the peace that you need, and then you walk in the might of God. So I don't wanna do that. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna read verses from this and just, okay, I completed my reading plan for the day I got through this chapter and not actually experience these things. We need to give them time to grow in our heart until we actually see that peace, until we see that breakthrough, so, so we could see the vision again in our life. We feel alienated, you feel isolated, you feel left out, you feel forgotten. You go back to this verse and say, you're the everlasting father, which means your love never ends. Your acceptance never ends. You'll never deny me. You'll never leave me out. You'll never forget about me. You'll never push me aside. You're the everlasting father. Do you see how you can declare those things and pray those things and meditate on those things until you actually start to feel accepted by the one who truly counts? 
So now you're at a point in your life where your spouse left you, you feel isolated, you've been fired, you feel all alone. And you come across this one verse. Wait a minute. This man named Jesus is the everlasting father. Like he's not gonna get tired. He's not gonna give up on me. He's not going anywhere. He's everlasting. So if we're not seeing those things in our life, then just ask yourself, am I really believing these words? Have I really considered if Jesus is who that word says he is? And today's an opportunity to do that. Today's an opportunity to reconsider that and say, God, I'm giving you a chance today. Jesus, I'm giving you a greater chance to be my peace and my counselor, my God and my father today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till tonight or tomorrow morning. You could say, today's the day. I'm giving you a chance. Cook me up a fresh meal. What is it specifically for me that you want me to know? In verse six, it says this, the government will rest on his shoulders. And then in verse seven, it says his government and its peace. I love how his government and peace go together. We'll never end. He will rule with fairness and justice. It's interesting as we watch our government struggle with so much division, so much anger, so much strife as we pit conservative against liberal. If we actually believe God's word to be true, then we'll know there's a greater kingdom than the kingdoms of this earth. So instead of watching ABC, NBC, CBS, and yes, conservatives out there, even Fox News, instead of watching those things and figuring out and listening night after night after night of how our country isn't working and your blood pressure rises, what if we just spent more time learning about the kingdom that does work? I was thinking, it might not be true, but I wouldn't put it past it, that these news sources might be in secret partnership with the pharmacy companies. Every prescription for high blood pressure that's given, they get a kickback. Like you can't watch about current day's events and walk away with more hope. You have to be tethered into the real kingdom. You have to understand there's a kingdom that's greater. So yes, learn about today's events so you can pray for it. Learn about it, but don't let it get you sucked in until you're less hopeful than when you first came into it. Jesus says in John 18, verse 36, he's giving an answer here and he says this, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. So to follow this out, Isaiah is saying, this child that's gonna be born, he is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Fast forward to the New Testament where Jesus is saying, I'm fulfilling this. He's saying, listen, the government will rest on this man's shoulders. His name is Jesus, okay? Isaiah's saying, the government's gonna rest on his shoulders to the increase of his kingdom and its peace. There will be no end. And he's going to rule with justice and fairness. Jesus comes on the scene and now says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. They were waiting for him to sit on an earthly throne. He says, listen, my, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. It says, if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. What that's talking about is his upcoming uh, crucifixion. He says, but my kingdom is not the kingdom of this world. For the sake of time, I'm not gonna go through different examples, but all throughout the gospel, Jesus teaches how the kingdom operates. So like in this world, somebody hates you, you hate them back. Someone does you wrong, you do them back, Right? Go ahead and watch your news source again and see if that's not what they're saying. Someone messes up one tiny bit and let's just splatter it all over the news. You know what Jesus comes along? And he says this, if you want peace, if you want the prince of peace, you want my kingdom, which has peace in it, to rule and reign in your heart, that when somebody hates you, you love them. 
And when someone's mean to you and is persecuting you, you don't turn around and gossip about them. You don't, you don't say, well, he better get what he deserves. You actually pray for them. Isn't that amazing? In our kingdom, when somebody hates you and persecutes you and treats you wrongly, he says, go to your knees and actually pray my blessing upon them. This is how his kingdom works, right? In our kingdom, in the earthly kingdoms, we wanna be first and we want the most. In his kingdom, he's saying, hey, listen, if you wanna be first in the end, go ahead and just be last right now. Right? We want to be early to the special event so we can have the right seating. And he says, listen, you take the seat in the back and let somebody invite you up here. His kingdom is completely opposite to what this world is. So we're not saying ignore what's happening in the world. We're saying get the Prince of Peace inside of you enough where you begin to live by the values of his kingdom. And then you can walk in a world and even do what Jesus did. Like when he was with his disciples, at the Last Supper, before his crucifixion, he's with 12 of them, and he knows one of them is going to completely rebel against them. One of them, named Judas, is gonna turn him in. And do you know he washed Judas's feet along with the other 11? Like, he wasn't sitting there washing and like gave it a quick like little twist. Like, listen, I know what you're about to do. Like, how many of you would do that? No, I wouldn't. I see your hand, don't you? Right, he sat there and he washed the feet of the one he knew would rebel against him. And he's like, hey, like, do you don't think they noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> when, when Judas turned him in, you don't think they remembered? What in the world? Jesus, Jesus said somebody was gonna do this to me, do this to him. And he still washed their feet. It's the values of the kingdom. It's the way that we get the counsel that we need when we're looking for our mate or we're looking for the right job or the right house or whatever it is. It's how we get the counsel that we need is to live by his kingdom. It's how we get the peace in us when our relationships are falling apart. Or again, if something's happening that's causing tension in your life, it's by living by the principles of his kingdom. Because it says his government and its peace will never end. I like some of the other translations that say of the increase of his kingdom and its peace will never end. What that means is it continues to expand and expand and expand. Picture heaven getting bigger right now. If we can believe that our galaxies are expanding, why can we not believe that heaven's getting bigger and bigger? His love's growing greater and greater. His peace is more and more and more sufficient than you would ever need. So if you have a little bit of it, just picture as his peace continues to grow, how much more you can grab onto if you believe his word and begin to receive it. I don't know how this works in your careers. I have a little bit more flexible schedule at the church. You, you, gotta, you gotta do something with your schedule where you can sit in his presence until you have the peace that you know you need. So it might, it might be shutting off CBS or Fox. It might be shutting down your phone. It might, it, it might be rearranging something so you could sit and say, God, I gotta get these verses figured out. And I can't do that with my mind. I need your Holy Spirit to come. And I need, I need that peace. There's tension in my life and my soul is going like this right now. So if I wanna experience the Prince of Peace, not just peace, I don't just want peace. I want the Prince of Peace to reign greater and greater in my life. And it's possible because he's true and we believe it to be true. You think about vision the everlasting father, someone who never ends, and it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger. I know, uh, you know, with uh, Hurricane Florence, 
when that hurricane comes and a storm comes, or even here this past, I think it was just this past week when we received all that rain, it's very hard to see far away when there's a heavy rainstorm, right? So when there's distraction in our life and there's all these things, you can't see far. This is the same is true, whether it's the rain falling down so you can't see far away when you're driving or if it's in your soul when there's just so many distractions and you're craving this one thing and you don't have satisfaction here, so you crave something else. You don't get satisfaction. You turn to food, turn to TV, turn to whatever. And really what he's saying is we have to remove these distractions and then your peace will come. In Mark chapter four, verse 39, I'm gonna read out the New King James Version. What's happening here is a heavy storm rose up when Jesus and his disciples were out at the sea. Now, his disciples are scared out of their minds and Jesus is asleep. So it's interesting. When someone has peace internally, they can sleep when there's a storm happening externally. Like the storm's there, it's coming down. One of the versions actually says like he has a pillow propped up on his head. Like he's just chilling. (laughs) He's asleep and the storm is just going because he has peace internally. His craving was the father. And for as much as he wanted the father, that's how much the father gave him. And he was able to sleep during that. So they go down, they're like, Jesus, don't you know we're about to drown? So it says that in verse 39, it says, then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, peace, peace. New Living Translation say silence. Be still. It says, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? See, if you believe the Bible to be true and you believe that Jesus actually has the ability to speak peace to nature and to a storm, we have to be able to believe that he could begin to turn our soul around. He could begin to renew our mind. He could begin to give us answers and counsel and wisdom and freedom in the areas that bind us. We have to be able to believe this is true or we're just creating this doctrine on the side of our life and we're living a life over here and we're saying we believe something that's just a book until we begin to actually take hold of it and experience it in our own lives. Adam, you can come up at this time. I wanna read just this last phrase in in Isaiah chapter nine. It's talking about to the increase of his government or, or his government and its peace will never end. Then it goes on to say this, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So what I love about this is it's not our works now. This isn't like, hey, prove yourself to me. You're just a new Christian. Prove yourself to me for six months and then I'll start to dribble on a little bit of peace. It's not saying that. What's the qualifying factor? How good we are? How old we are? Man or woman? White or black? been a Christian for more than six months? What's the qualifying factor? His passionate commitment towards you. I love that because we're not, we're off the hook. What we have to do is actually believe it's true. So now we can get to a point of saying, I believe that you are passionately committed to me. And out of that passionate commitment, I'm actually going to believe that you will be my wonderful counselor. So Father, I come to you now and I need counsel in this area. I need help with this next decision. I wanna do this according to your will. And now you've received because you know he's passionately committed to making this happen. It says it will happen. Doesn't say it might happen for a few generations, but come 2017 or 18, I'm not so sure. 
His passionate commitment is going to make sure all of these things happen. I could stand here today and say, we've seen this. My wife and I have seen this in our lives. We've seen these verses in our lives. I've been in a situation where, you know, I was was a a freshman going into my uh, sophomore year, completely changing majors. But I spent time laying on the pew of my church that we were going to at that time, praying and asking him. And he picked elementary education, like out of nowhere. Never would have pictured myself being an elementary educator. But that's what he did. He redirected my life. And then again, after I met Sharice, he's not even redirecting, he's just giving clarity to it. But he gave us the counsel and he gave us the peace to both leave teaching jobs, to go into the ministry. My wife and I had four kids within four years. How many of you know? We needed peace. We needed (laughs) counsel. We needed a father that was greater than us, right? I would tell my kids, I would say, listen, I'm your earthly father. Thank goodness you have a heavenly father. He doesn't mess up. He doesn't lose his temper. I mean, you know, we have to draw on that so then we can pour out those same things. So we've, we've been through these things. We, we've been through the, the, the need for having a wise counselor, for having a mighty God, for having an everlasting father, for having the Prince of Peace. We have the need for him to govern our lives in a way that's gonna bring us fulfillment so we can have fun with the chocolate. We can have fun eating those cookies on the way home from church. We can have fun with those cravings in life, but they're not gonna distract us. They're not gonna take away from the actual purpose that God has in your life. Why don't we stand at this time? I just want you to, to bow your head and close your eyes. Yeah, the youth are leaving right now just to get ready out there, but I would ask the rest of you just to stay, stay in here just for the next few moments. If you could just bow your head and close your eyes, I do just want to give you the opportunity if you have never decided to follow this Prince of Peace, if you know there's not a day when, when you've made a decision uh, to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. Maybe you feel, uh, maybe you know that you have made that decision before and you know that you're just far away and today's a day that you wanna come back into. You say, God, I'm sick of being far away from you. I want that everlasting Father back in my life. I want that mighty God back in my life. I feel like I've been too distant from you and I just wanna be back. If either of those things are you today, I just want you to look up at me with confidence and boldness and just raise your hand so I can see you. I see in the back, thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Anyone else that wanna give their life to Jesus for the very first time, I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else, just look up at me with confidence, boldness. Anyone else wanna give their life to Jesus for the very first time or just come back to him? You've just been far anyone else this is what I'm going to ask that we do are those two hands that were raised I will ask that as our pastors and elders walk forward that you just come down forward as well actually our altar team uh, that you just come forward today and we just want to pray with you we want to help you make that next step uh, with Jesus and I also want to offer to you we're going to just spend a few moments singing a song here if there is a point of tension in your life. You know that just something's at unrest. It doesn't mean you're walking in sin. It might just mean like you really want another job. You really need help in a relationship, whatever it is. If there's that point of tension in your life, I would ask that you come forward uh, to receive prayer. If there's a strife, if there's a point of strife in your life and you need that counsel, you need that peace, I would ask that you come forward as well and just receive prayer. So Father, we just pray right now for your blessing upon each person here, for your favor to follow us. God, that we would be able to actually live out and experience the values that are in your kingdom and not the kingdoms of this world. 
that we would go, and Father, that we would make a positive influence, a kingdom impact in somebody else's life today because of your influence and our life alone. Father, again, we ask for your blessing to follow us in Jesus' mighty name we pray. You say amen? Amen. You guys have a great week. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.